That left the famous spearman Odysseus on his own, not a single Argive comrade standing by his side since panic seized them all. Unnerved himself, Odysseus probed his own great fighting heart. Oh, dear God, what becomes of Odysseus now? A disgraceful thing if I should break and run, fearing their main force. But it's far worse if I'm taken all alone. Look, Zeus just drove the rest of my comrades off in panic flight. <sighs> but why debate, my friend? Why thrash things out? Cowards, I know, would quit the fighting now. But the man who wants to make his mark in war must stand his ground and brace for all he's worth. Suffer his wounds or wound his man to death. Weighing it all, heart and soul, as on they came, waves of Trojan spearmen crowding him tighter, closing in on their own sure destruction. Like hounds and lusty hunters closing, ringing a wild boar till out of his thicket lair he crashes, wetting his white tusks sharp in his bent, wrenching jaws. And they rush in to attack, and under the barks and shouts you can hear the gnash of tusks. But the men stand firm, terrible, murderous as he is. So the Trojans ringed Odysseus dear to Zeus, rushing him straight on. But he lunged first, wounding lordly Diopides, spear shafts slicing into the Trojan's shoulder, then cut down Thoon and Enemus in their blood. Chersidimus next, vaulting down from his car. Odysseus caught him up under the bulging shield with a jabbing spear that split him crotch to navel. The man writhed in the dust, hands clutching the earth. Odysseus left them dead and skewered Hippasus' son, one Carops, the blood brother of wealthy Socus. But Socus moved in quick as a god to shield his kin, standing up to his enemy, crying out, Odysseus! Wild for fame, glutton for cunning, glutton for war, today you can triumph over the two sons of Hippasus, killing such good men and stripping off their gear, or beaten down by my spear, you'll breathe your last. With that, he stabbed at Odysseus's balanced shield, straight through the gleaming hide the heavy weapon drove, ripping down and in through the breastplate finely worked, and it flayed the skin clean off Odysseus's ribs. But Pallas Athena would never let it pierce the hero's vitals. Odysseus knew the end had not yet come, no final fatal wound, and drawing back, he hurled his boast at Socus. Poor man, headlong death is about to overtake you. You've stopped my fighting against the Trojans, true, but I tell you here and now that a dark, bloody doom will take you down today. Gouged by my spear, you'll give me glory now. You'll give your life to the famous horseman Death. And spinning in terror, off he ran, but as he spun, Odysseus plunged a spear in his back between the shoulders. Straight through his chest the shaft came jutting out, and down Socus crashed, Odysseus vaunting over him. Socus, son of Hippasus, skilled breaker of horses. So, death in its rampage outraced you. No escape. No, poor soldier. Now your father and noble mother will never close your eyes in death. Screaming vultures will claw them out of you, wings beating your corpse. But I, if I should die, my comrades in arms will bury me in style. He dragged the heavy spear of hardened Socus squelching out of his own wound and bulging shield. As the fighter tore it out, the blood came gushing forth and his heart sank. And seeing Odysseus bleeding there, the Trojan troops exulted, calling across the melee, charging him in a mass as edging, backing off, he gave ground now calling his own companions. Three shattering cries he loosed at full pitch, till Odysseus's head would burst. Three times Menelaus, tense for combat, 
heard his cries, and at once he called to Ajax standing near. Ajax, royal son of Telamon, captain of armies, my ears ring with his cries. Odysseus never daunted. He sounds like a man cut off and overpowered, mauled by Trojan ranks in the rough assault. Quick through the onset. Better save him now. I'm afraid he may be hurt, alone with the Trojans, brave as Odysseus is. A blow to all our troops. And Atrides led the way, and Ajax took his lead, striding on like a god until they found Odysseus dear to Zeus. But round him Trojans thronged like tawny jackals up in the mountains, swarming round a horned stag just wounded. Hunters hit him with one fast shaft from his bow, and the stags escaped, sprinting at top speed so long as his blood runs warm and the spring in his knees still lasts. But soon as the swift arrow saps his strength, the ravening carrion packs begin their feasting off on a ridge in twilight woods until some god, some power drives the lion down against them. Claw mad and the panicked jackals scatter, the lion rends their prey. So packed around Odysseus, skilled and quick to maneuver, swarmed the brave bulk of Trojans, but still the hero kept on lunging, spearing, keeping death at bay. And in moved Ajax now, planted right beside him, bearing that shield of his like a wall, a tower. Trojans scattered in panic, bolting left and right while the fighting son of Atreus led Odysseus through the onslaught, bracing him with an arm till Rainsman drove his team and car up close. But charging down on the Trojans, Ajax killed Doriclus, bastard son of Priam. He wounded Pandicus next, wounded Lysander, Pyrrhus, then Pilartes. Wild as a swollen river hurling down on the flats, down from the hills in winter spate, bursting its banks with rain from storming Zeus, and stands of good dry oak, whole forests of pine it whirls into itself and sweeps along till it heaves a crashing mass of driftwood out to sea. So glorious Ajax swept the field, routing Trojans, scattering teams and spearmen in his onslaught. Nor had Hector once got wind of the rampage. Far off on the left flank of the whole campaign, he fought his way, powering past Scamander's banks, where the heads of fighters fell in biggest numbers and grim incessant war cries rose around tall Nestor and battle-hard Idomeneus. Hector amidst them now engaged them with a vengeance, doing bloody work with lances flung and a master's horsemanship, destroying young battalions. Still, the Achaeans never would have yielded before the prince's charge if Paris, the lord of lovely fair-haired Helen, had not put a stop to Machaean's gallant fighting, striking the healer squarely with an arrow triple-flanged that gouged his right shoulder. Achaeans' breathing fury feared for Machaean now. What if the tide turned and the Trojans killed the healer? Idomeneus suddenly called to Nestor. Pride of Achaea, quick, mount your chariot, mount Machaean beside you. Lash your team to the warships, fast, full gallop. A man who can cut out shafts and dress our wounds. A good healer is worth a troop of other men. Nestor, the noble charioteer, did not resist. He mounted his car at once as Asclepius's son, Machaean, born of the famous healer, swung aboard. He lashed the team and on they flew to the ships, holding nothing back. That's where their spirits drove them to go. But riding on with Hector... Sobriones saw the Trojan rout and shouted, Hector, look at us here, engaging Argives with a vengeance, true, 
but off on the fringe of brutal all-out war while our central force is routed pell-mell, men and chariots flung against each other. Giant Ajax drives them. I recognize the man, that wall of a buckler slung around his shoulders. Hurry! Head our chariot right where the fighting's thickest. There. Horse and infantry hurling into the slaughter, hacking each other down, terrific war cries rising. With that, Sobrianes flogged their sleek team, and leaping under the whistling, crackling whip, they sped the careening car into both milling armies, trampling shields and corpses, axle under the chariot splashed with blood, blood on the handrails sweeping round the car, sprays of blood shooting up from the stallion's hooves and churning, whirling rims and Hector, straining to wade into the press and panicked ruck of men, charged them, break them down. He flung terror and stark disaster square in the Argive lines, never pausing, giving his spear no rest. Hector kept on raging, battling ranks on ranks, slashing his spear and sword and flinging heavy rocks, but he stayed clear of attacking Ajax man to man. But Father Zeus on the heights forced Ajax to retreat, he stood there a moment, stunned, then, swinging his seven-ply oxide shield behind him, drew back in caution, throwing a fast glance at his own Achaean troops like a trapped beast, pivoting, backpedaling, step by short step. Like a tawny lion when hounds and country field hands drive him out of their steadings filled with cattle, they'll never let him tear the rich fat from the oxen. All night long they stand guard, but the lion craves meat. He lunges in and in, but his charges gain him nothing. Thick and fast from their hardy arms the javelins rain down in his face, and waves of blazing torches. These the big cat fears, balking for all his rage, and at dawn he slinks away, his spirits dashed. So Ajax slowly drew back from the Trojans, spirits dashed, and much against his will, fearing the worst for Achaea's waiting ships. Like a stubborn ass, some boys lead down a road. Stick after stick they've cracked across his back, but he's too much for them now. He rambles into a field to ravage standing crops. They keep beating his ribs, splintering sticks. Their struggle child's play, till with one final shove they drive him off, but not before he's had his fill of feed. So with Telamon's son, great Ajax, then. Vaunting Trojans and all their far-flung allies kept on stabbing his shield, full center, no let-up. And now the giant fighter would summon up his fury, wheeling on them again, beating off platoons of the stallion-breaking Trojans. And now again he'd swerve around in flight. But he blocked them all from hacking passage through to the fast-trim ships as Ajax all alone, battling on midfield between Achaean and Trojan lines, would stand and fight. Some spears that flew from the Trojans' hardy arms, hurtling forward, stuck fast in his huge shield, but showers of others, cut short halfway before they could graze his gleaming skin, stuck in the ground, still lusting to sink in flesh. But Euemon's shining son Eurypylus saw him overwhelmed by the Trojans' dense barrage of spears. Up to his side he dashed and flanked Great Ajax tight, let fly with a spear, and the glinting spear point hit the son of Phaseus, Apisaean, captain of armies, square in the liver, up under the midriff. His knees went limp as Eurypylus rushed in, starting to rip the armor off his shoulders. But now Paris spotted them stripping Apisaean, drew his bow at Eurypylus, fast. 
He shot well, and the arrow struck him full in the right thigh, but the shaft snapped, the thigh weighed down with pain. Eurypylus staggered back to his massing comrades, dodging death, and shouted a stark, piercing cry. "'Friends! Lord of the Argives! All our captains! Come, wheel round! Stand firm! Beat the merciless day of death from Ajax, overpowered, look, by a pelting rain of spears! He can't escape, I tell you, not this wrenching battle! Stand up to them! Ring great Ajax, Telamon's son!' So wounded Eurypylus pleaded, friends around him crowding, bracing shields against their shoulders, spears brandished high, and back to the bulking front came giant Ajax now. The fighter turned on his heels and took his stand, once he reached that wedge of Argive comrades. So on they fought like a mass of swirling fire as Neleus's foaming mares bore Nestor clear of battle, and bore Machaon, the expert healer, too. But now the brilliant runner Achilles watched and marked him. There he stood on the stern of his looming hollow hull, looking out over the uphill work and heartsick rout of war. He called at once to his friend-in-arms, Patroclus, shouting down from the decks. Hearing Achilles, forth he came from his shelter, striding up like the deathless god of war, but from that moment on his doom was sealed. The brave son of Menetius spoke first. Why do you call, Achilles? Do you need me? And the swift runner Achilles answered quickly, Son of Menetius, soldier after my own heart, now I think they will grovel at my knees, our Achaean comrades begging for their lives. The need has reached them, a need too much to bear. Go now, Patroclus, dear to Zeus, and question Nestor. Who's that wounded man he's bringing in from the fighting? He looks to me like Machaon from behind, clearly. Machaon had to foot, Asclepius's only son. But I never saw his eyes. The team sped by me, tearing on full tilt. Patroclus obeyed his great friend, and off at a run he went along the ships and shelters. Now, as soon as the others reached Nestor's tent, they climbed down on the earth that feeds us all. The driver, Eurymedon, freed the old man's team. The men themselves dried off their sweat-soaked shirts, standing against the wind that whipped along the surf, then entered the tent and took their seats on saddles. And well-kempt Hegemede mixed them a bracing drink, the woman that old King Nestor won from Tenedos when Achilles stormed it, proud Arsinous's daughter, the prize the Achaeans chose to give Nestor because he excelled them all at battle tactics. First Hecamede pushed a table up toward them, handsome, sanded smooth, with blue enamel legs, and on it she set a basket, braided in bronze with onions in it, a relish for the drink, and pale gold honey along with barley meal, the grain's blessed yield. And there in the midst the grand glowing cup the old king brought from home, studded with gold nails, fitted with handles, four all told and two doves perched on each, Heads bending to drink and made of solid gold, and twin supports ran down to form the base. An average man would strain to lift it off the table when it was full, but Nestor, old as he was, could hoist it up with ease. In this cup the woman, skilled as a goddess, mixed them a strong drink with Pramnian wine. Over it shredded goat cheese with a bronze grater and scattered barley into it, glistening pure white, then invited them to drink when she had molded all. 
Now as the two men drank their parching thirst away, and they had just begun to please themselves with talk, confiding back and forth, there stood Patroclus, tall at the threshold, vivid as a god. Old Nestor saw him at once and started up from his polished chair, warmly grasped his hand and led Patroclus in, pressing him to sit. But standing off to the side, his guest declined. No time to sit, old soldier dear to the gods. You won't persuade me. Awesome and quick to anger, the man who sent me here to find out who's been wounded, the one you've just brought in. But I can see him. I recognize Machaon myself, the expert healer. So back I go to give Achilles this message. Well, you know, old soldier loved by the gods, what sort of man he is. That great and terrible man. Why, he'd leap to accuse a friend without a fault. But Nestor, the noble charioteer, replied at length, Now why is Achilles so cast down with grief for this or that Achaean winged by a stray shaft? He has no idea of the anguish risen through the army. Look, our finest champions laid up in the ships, all hit by arrows or run through by spears. There's powerful Diomedes brought down by an archer, Odysseus wounded, and Agamemnon too, the famous spearman. And Eurypylus took a shaft in the thigh, and here, Machaon, I brought him in from the fighting, struck down by an arrow whizzing off the string. But Achilles, brave as he is, he has no care, no pity for our Achaeans. How long will he wait? Till our ships that line the shore go up in flames, gutted despite a last-ditch stand? And we ourselves are mowed down in droves? And I, what good am I? My limbs are gnarled now, the old power's gone. Oh, make me young again, and the strength inside me steady as a rock. As fresh as I was that time the feud broke out. Fighting Apeans over a castle raid, I killed Itimonius, Hippyrachus's gallant son who used to live in Elis. I was rustling their cattle in reprisal, you see, and he defending his herds, when a spear I hurled caught him right in the front ranks of herdsmen. Down he went, and round him his yokel drivers scattered home in panic. And what a lovely haul! What plunder we rounded up and herded off the plain! Fifty herds of cattle, as many head of sheep, as many droves of pig and as many goat flocks, ranging free, a hundred and fifty horses, too, strong and tawny, broodmares every one, and under the flanks of many nursing foals. The whole lot. We drove them all into Pylos, then, that very night, corralling them all inside the walls of Neleus, and father beamed, seeing how much I'd won, a young soldier out on his first campaign. And the herald cried out at the break of dawn, Pylians, come collect your debts from wealthy Elis, and a troop of Pylian chiefs turned out in force to carve up the spoils. The Apeans owed us all, few as we were in Pylos, hard-pressed as well. For mighty Heracles came against us years before. He ground our lives out, killing off our best. Twelve sons we were of the noble old Neleus, and I alone was left. The rest of my brothers perished in that rout. Riding high on our losses, the Apeans rose in arms, lording over us, harassing us with outrage after outrage. So now, out of Apean spoils, the old king chose a herd of cattle and a handsome flock of sheep. Three hundred head he picked, the herdsmen too. For wealthy Elis owed my father a heavy debt, four prize-winning thoroughbreds, chariot and all. They'd gone to the games, primed to race for the tripod, 
but Aegeus the warlord commandeered them on the spot and sent the driver packing, sick for his team. So now old Neleus, still enraged at it all, the threats to his man, the naked treachery, helped himself to a priceless treasure trove, but gave the rest to his people to divide, so none would go deprived of their fair share. But just as we were parceling out the plunder and offering victims to the gods around the city, right on the third day they came. The Apeans massed in a swarm of men and plunging battle stallions struck at the border, full force, and square in their midst the two Meliones armed to the hilt, and still boys, not quite masters yet in the ways of combat. Now then, there's a frontier fortress, three Oessa, perched on cliffs far above the Alpheus, at the edge of Sandy Pylos. The Apeans ringed that fort, keen to raise its walls, but once their troops had swept the entire plain, down Athena rushed to us in the night, a herald down from Olympus crying out, To arms! To arms! Nor did Pallas muster a slow, unwilling army there in Pylos, all of us spoiling for a fight. But Neleus would not let me arm for action. He'd hidden away my horses, thought his boys still green at the work of war. So I had to reach the front lines on foot, but I shone among our horsemen all the same. That's how Athena called the turns of battle. Listen, there is a river, the Minneos, emptying into the sea beside Arene's walls, and there we waited for goddess dawn to rise, the Pylian horses in lines while squads of infantry came streaming up behind. Then, from that point on, harnessed in battle armor, moving at forced march, our army reached the Alpheus's holy ford at noon. There we slaughtered fine victims to mighty Zeus, a bull to Alpheus River, a bull to Lord Poseidon, and an unyoked cow to blazing-eyed Athena. And then through camp we took our evening meal by rank and file, and caught what sleep we could, each in his gear along the river rapids. And all the while those vaunting Apeans were closing round the fortress, burning to tear it down. But before they got the chance, a great work of the war-god flashed before their eyes— Soon as the sun came up in flames above the earth, we joined the battle, lifting a prayer to Zeus and Pallas. And just as our two opposing armies clashed, I was the first to kill a man and seize his team, the spearman Mulius, son-in-law to their king and wed to his eldest daughter, blonde Agamede, skilled with as many drugs as the wide world grows. Just as he lunged, I speared the man with a bronze lance, and Mulius pitched in the dust as I, I swung aboard his car, and I took my place in our front ranks of champions. How those hot-blooded Apeans scattered in terror, scuttling left and right when they saw him down, their chariot captain who'd outfought them all. Now I charged their lines like a black tornado. I captured fifty chariots there, and each time two men bit the dust, crushed beneath my spear. Now I would have destroyed the young Meliones, Actor's sons, if their real father, Poseidon, lord god of the open sea who shakes the earth, had not snatched them out of the fighting then, shrouded them round in clouds. But now Zeus gave our Pylian stunning triumph, pushing Apeans north on the spreading plain we went, killing their troops, gathering up their burnished gear, Far as Buprasian, rich in wheat, our chariots rolled, all the way to Alenian rock and the high ground they call Elysian Hill. But there, at last, Pallas Athena turned our forces back. I killed my last man there. I left him dead. There our Achaeans swung round Buprasian, 
heading their high-strung horses back to Pylos, where they all gave glory to Zeus among gods and among all men to Nestor. So such was I in the ranks of men, or was it all a dream? This Achilles, he'll reap the rewards of that great courage of his alone, I tell you. Weep his heart out far too late, when our troops are dead and gone. My friend, remember your father's last commands? That day he sent you out of Thea to Agamemnon. We were both there inside. I and Prince Odysseus heard it all in the halls, all your father told you. We'd come to the strong and storied house of Peleus, out for recruits across Achaea's good green land. There inside we found the old soldier Menetius, found you too, and Achilles close beside you, and the old horseman Peleus tending, burning the fat thighs of an ox to thundering Zeus, deep in the walled enclosure of his court. He was lifting up a golden cup and pouring wine, glistening wine to go with the glowing victim. You two were busy over the carcass, carving meat, when we both appeared and stood at the broad doors. Achilles sprang to his feet, he seemed startled, clasped the two of us by the hand and led us in. He pressed us to take a seat and set before us sumptuous strangers' fare, the strangers' right, and once we'd had our fill of food and drink, I led off with our plan, inviting the two of you to come campaign with us. How willing you were! And your father filled your ears with marching orders. The old horseman Peleus urging his son Achilles, Now, always be the best, my boy, the bravest, and hold your head up high above the others. An actor's son, Menetius, urging you, My child, Achilles is nobler than you with his immortal blood, but you are older. He has more power than you by far, but give him sound advice, guide him even in battle. Achilles will listen to you, for his own good. So the old man told you. You've forgotten. But even now, late as it is, you could tell your Achilles all this, and your fiery friend might listen. Who knows? With a god's help, you just might rouse him now, bring his fighting spirit rounded last. The persuasion of a comrade has its powers. But if down deep some prophecy makes him balk, some doom his noble mother revealed to him from Zeus. At least let Achilles send Patroclus into battle. Let the whole Myrmidon army follow your command. You might bring some light of victory to our Argives, and let him give you his own fine armor to wear in war, so the Trojans might take you for him. Patroclus, yes. Hold off from attack, and Achaea's fighting sons get second wind, exhausted as they are. Breathing room in war is all too brief. You're fresh, unbroken. They're bone-weary from this battle. You could roll those broken Trojans back to Troy, clear of all our ships and shelters. So old Nestor urged, and the fighting spirit leapt inside Patroclus. He dashed back by the ships toward Achilles, but sprinting close to King Odysseus's fleet, where the Argives met and handed out their laws, the ground where they built their altars to their gods. There he met Eurypylus, Euemon's gallant son, wounded, the arrow planted deep in his thigh and limping out of battle. The sweat was streaming down his face and back, and the dark blood still flowed from his ugly wound. But the man's will was firm. He never broke his stride. And moved at the sight, the good soldier Patroclus burst out in grief with a flight of winging words. Poor men! Lords of Argives! Oh, my captains! How doomed you are! Look! Far from your loved ones and native land, to glut with your shining fat the wild dogs of battle here in Troy. 
But come, tell me, Eurypolis, royal fighter, can the Achaeans somehow still hold monstrous Hector? Or must they all die now, beaten down by his spear? Struggling with his wound, Eurypolis answered, No hope, Patroclus, prince, no bulwark left. They'll all be hurled back to the black ships, all of them. All our best in the old campaigns are laid up in the hulls. They're hit by arrows, pierced by spears, brought down by Trojan hands, while the Trojans' power keeps on rising, rising! Save me at least. Take me back to my black ship. Cut the shaft from my thigh and the dark blood. Wash it out of the wound with clear warm water and spread the soothing healing salves across it. The powerful drugs they say you learned from Achilles and Chiron, the most humane of the centaurs, taught your friend. And as for our own healers, Podolirius and Machaon, one is back in the shelters, wounded, I think. Machaon needs a good strong healer himself. He's racked with pain. The other's still afield, standing up to the Trojans' slashing onslaught. The brave son of Menetius answered quickly, Impossible! Eurypolis, hero, what shall we do? I am on my way with a message for Achilles, our great man of war. The plan that Nestor, Achaea's watch and ward, urged me to report. But I won't neglect you, even so, with such a wound. And bracing the captain, arm around his waist, he helped him toward his shelter. An aide saw them and put some ox hides down. Patroclus stretched him out, knelt with a knife and cut the sharp, stabbing arrow out of Eurypolis's thigh and washed the wound clean of the dark, running blood with clear, warm water. Pounding it in his palms, he crushed a bitter root and covered the gash to kill his comrade's pain, a cure that fought off every kind of pain, and the wound dried and the flowing blood stopped.